Have you heard about San Jose Spotlight? It's a nonprofit news organization over the hill. San Jose Spotlight covers policy, politics, and government in Silicon Valley. Tune in to the San Jose Spotlight weekly podcast, The Podlight. You'll find in-depth conversations about the South Bay issues you care about. Homelessness, transportation, business, education, COVID-19, and more. Find The Podlight on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Learn more about San Jose Spotlight at sanjosespotlight.com. I'm at a homeless camp in Santa Cruz. It's along the San Lorenzo River near the Highway 1 bridge. The camp stretches for about 100 yards. It's between the river and the Santa Cruz Memorial Cemetery. It's known as Camp Paradise. It's come and gone for years. As of this fall, more than 100 people call this place home. It's late September. It's a sunny afternoon. The camp is quiet. I'm here with my coworker, Natalia Drescher. We're walking down the main trail. We pass between several dozen tents and lean-tos. Some lean-tos are built out of pallets and tarps. Around the tents, we see people's belongings. Potted plants, mirrors, handwritten signs, chairs, Christmas lights, a pile of bikes. Our guide is Sarah Kuhn. Sarah was part of Santa Cruz Local's Community Advisory Board last year. She used to be homeless. A lot of her friends live in the camp. She comes often. Every time I come down here, it looks different. And I come down here every day. <laughs> How long has this camp been here? Uh, camp Paradise has been here. I'm not exactly sure. Before COVID, right? Mm, no, I think it started in the middle of it. Oh, okay. But we've always lived down here. We used to have to hide from the cemetery people. Uh-huh. We were talking about this the other day. Ten years ago, it was ducking and diving because you couldn't let them see because then they'll call the cops on you. Uh-huh. And the cops would come yell at you. So we had to hide behind bushes and, and everything. Now it's stay away from water. Oh, let's go down this way. What do you mean stay away from the water? Oh, the groundsmen like to shoot water over there. Oh, jeez. And get everybody wet. Knock, knock. Honey, I'm home. We slip past a hanging tarp and climb down through the trees. We're on a sandy riverbank. A stand-up paddleboard rests on a makeshift wooden dock. Sarah introduces us to a woman who lives here. She's 25. Please don't put my name. Just don't put my name. Please don't put my name because I have a family in the community and I don't want this to be like a thing. My mom is now I, yeah. local. Everyone, yeah, my, my whole family's, family's here local, and yeah. they'll kill me pretty much. <laughs> she wants us to call her Indy. Indy went to elementary and middle schools in the San Lorenzo Valley. She graduated from high school there too. Indy plans to enter the dental hygiene program at Cabrillo College. She hopes to return at Cabrillo soon to finish the prerequisites. Her passion, though, is the water. She loves to surf and paddle. She goes all the time. When I was doing caregiving, I did uh, some aquatic therapy. Cool. And I thought that it was super duper interesting. You know, like seeing how the muscles work and how like 
triggering like certain muscles can react to other muscles and then maybe save their mobility you know and so I thought that was like something that sucked me really into school I was like maybe I could do this because I love the water and I love helping people and I love like you know like I thought it'd be sick as to be able to like imagine you could get someone who can't walk and get them to walk again you know like just by playing in the pool you know that's awesome I think you can't do dentistry in the water yeah, I don't like teeth either. So, <laughs> but it's the fastest route into it's the fastest route to a, a job in Santa Cruz County that pays enough to go into a home and afford it by myself. Indy lived in an apartment until about three years ago. She had a falling out with her roommate. I went to hotels and I got a voucher from the county building for like the two weeks, and then I was working full-time still and paying for rooms on top of that, and then I ran out of money, you know? And it's expensive in the, out here. Yeah. Wow. Especially in hotels. So um, yeah. I came out to the streets, and I uh, camped. At, I think I, I've been a part of like, the park camp before. I've been a part of the Ross camp. I've lived in the Poganip, and now I live here. And it's just kind of irresponsible of me that I haven't gotten my shit together, but um, it's kind of a struggle here. It's like a weird struggle, Since and I'm sure you guys know the gist of it, you know? She's done so much. But I, I've worked, like, I've worked a normal uh, minimum wage job consecutively, and I still don't make enough to afford a house out here. Indy has held jobs as a caregiver. She sometimes works for a cleaning company. The work is not steady. Like, we all know that we need to get our shit together out here. But it's hard. Everyone knows that you need to get up and get going. You need to get on your feet and get a job, and everybody's stress is like, okay, you gotta figure out what I'm gonna do today, or how to get out of this situation. Or, you know, like, it's not like a, it's like a, oh, this is my home for life, you know? Like nobody feels like that that's out here, at all. What's the key to getting you out of homelessness? Like what? Low income housing. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Somewhere to go. Yeah. Uh, a, a way I could like even make like build into being able to afford it, or like, you know, like the. Um, the families in transition and stuff, how they do, like you can get a job, they give you enough time to get a job and then build up until you're able to pay your rent, like stuff like, like that would be like too. ideal. Cause like the waiting list for that stuff is like years now, you know? Like you if it's open. I've honestly just been like, I'm gonna do it, you know? So I, and there's people who probably need it a little bit more than me. I'm Kara Myberg Guzman. This is Santa Cruz Local. In today's episode, we'll hear from Santa Cruz County residents who live in homeless camps or in their cars. We'll hear their stories and what they need. We'll also hear from people who used to be homeless in Santa Cruz County. We'll learn how they were able to get housed. This episode is part of our series on solutions to homelessness. Before we go into solutions, though, we need to understand the problem. And who better to learn from than the people who are affected most? I met Froilan Infante Garcia at the Watsonville Farmer's Market. It was mid-September. Froilan works full-time as a janitor at Salud para la Gente. That's a health clinic in Watsonville. Froilan told me he's hardworking and strong. Our interpreter was Oscar Rios. I am 54 years old. The 10th of November, I'll be, I will have three years being homeless. 
Lo que me hizo estar homeless. What it made me be homeless. Es que cuando rentaba un apartamento. When I would rent an apartment. Me estaba endeudando. I was kidding myself in debt. More and more and more. Y tuve que tener una decisión. I had to make a decision. Entre comer. Either eat it. O rentar. Or rent. Entonces. Now, at this particular time, everything is more expensive. I don't even think about renting. Right now, I have made the decision to work only to eat and survive. Froilan earns $3,200 a month. His wife gets a few hundred dollars from a federal program. It's for people with disabilities. They live in their car. And my wife, she's, she has mental disability. And I haven't gotten no help from nowhere. They say that because I make $3,200, they say that that's enough to rent for a place. But when I, when I do my, my monthly budget, it's not enough for, you know, to pay for the rent. That's why the reason that I don't rent. What do you need? Like, what would help you get out of homelessness? Maybe study more, maybe, you know, maybe for me to study. And to have a higher income. Roilan told me that he can't rent an apartment because his income is too low. Property managers always deny his application. They tell him that he doesn't qualify. They have told me that you have to make, you know, three times the amount of the rent for you to be working. So if the rent is fifteen hundred. You have to make at least $4,500 you should be making so that you can have a regular life. That's what I, you know, some, some say. Okay? And what I say, with these rules, who makes $4,500 a month? Who? Maybe engineers or doctors, lawyers, from there on up. With 40 hours, who works? To make 4,500. You know, who? So life is not regulated right now. It's not normal. In the past few weeks, our team has interviewed about two dozen homeless people in Santa Cruz County. We went to homeless camps and food handouts. We started with three questions. What would get you out of homelessness? What services are helpful to you? And what do you need? Not surprisingly, a need for housing was the most common theme we heard. People wanted stable, lower cost housing and help with rent. Another big theme, People said that Santa Cruz needs more public bathrooms and showers. The few toilets available are often dirty and not welcoming, they told us. The Housing Matters campus has a few showers, but the hours are limited. People have waited for hours in line for the shower, sometimes to no avail. 
We also asked people about their hopes and dreams. Here is Matthew Hendricks. He's 32. We met him at a tent camp behind the county government building in Santa Cruz. Matthew had lived in an apartment in Aptos until early this summer. My goal is to get some stability. Like, yeah. I, it's really what I need is some stability in order to get, get, I feel like stuck, you know? I don't have anything or anywhere to go or do just to begin to, you know? Like, yeah, I could go to the armory or I could go do something like that, but then it's like you're still in the same spot, you know, yeah. you're in a tent somewhere, yeah. you know? So it's like, like yeah. Paint the picture for me, like, what would that look uh, like? Some type of housing, whether it's a, a room or a shared room, you know? But I mean, I have my wife and kids. My, my kids are with their grandparents, too, so it's my wife's pregnant with the, my third son with her. You know, we're, we're trying to get into the Reveille shelter, but apparently she's not... She's six months pregnant, yet to be nine months pregnant. Wow. So, I mean, you know, there's all, all I really need is that stability, and then you I want to get back. Back, I want to get I need a stability job, yep. and then progress from there. I mean, I was, yeah. I had it when I had the house. Like, in second came the job, and then came the stability. I was able to stay clean. People would offer me drugs, give me drugs. I, for the first time in my life, I was able to say no. Part of it had to do with my kids too, but then that stability of knowing I have a safe place to go and it's not gonna, it's not gonna be taken away. It's not, I'm not gonna have to sleep outside. That makes all the difference in the world, you know? So. Matthew told me he's lived in Santa Cruz County his whole life. Yeah, my dad's a local here. My grandma's homeless here. My mom and my sister are homeless. So it's like, I Whoa, yeah, whole my whole family. Did you grow up homeless? Um, uh, my, gra uh, my mom's mom raised me and she had a house for the most part, but yeah, since I've been about 16, I've been outside or trying to stay from place to place, hotel rooms and, you know, with my mother. Until this summer, Matthew worked two jobs. He worked at a Burger King in Santa Cruz and at the Fairfield Inn and Suites in Capitola. Before that, he worked in construction and retail. Matthew had a four-year break from homelessness. That was when he and his family lived in a two-bedroom apartment in Aptos. The rent was $2,700. He received rental assistance of about $1,700. When that help ended, he and his family became homeless again. That was the summer. He moved into the Benchlands homeless camp. His wife moved into a shelter in Watsonville. His kids moved in with their grandparents. Matthew told me he became depressed. He had to deal with some problems in family court. He stopped working. Looking back on it, Matthew says the linchpin for his family was that rental assistance. That's what kept his family housed. That was because of my kids. So now that I don't now that I don't have my kids, and me and my wife don't have our kids in our possession, all that goes out the door. So what about the people who don't have kids? You know, or, or their kids are all grown up and gone. What are they supposed to do? How are they going to get help like and, and funding? Yes. Middle, like, How are they supposed so to get the funding and help without having kids or you know, some, right. some disability? We also interviewed Santa Cruz County residents who used to be homeless. We wanted to understand how they became housed. We thought they could help us understand solutions to homelessness. It's kind of tough even with a job or two jobs to live in Santa Cruz. A lot of people have to work three jobs just to have an apartment in Santa Cruz. Scarlett Siegel is 24. She works at a UPS store in Santa Cruz. 
She's a sales associate there. She's going to take a test next month to become a notary. Then she can get a promotion. Scarlett lives with her boyfriend in Capitola Village. They just got an apartment together. Until recently, they lived with his dad in Scotts Valley. To start going to Cabrillo, and I want to get my general ed out of the way. And then I was thinking I wanted to be a social worker just to help out like kids that have dealt with what I've dealt with because I'm very understanding about that. Scarlett grew up in Santa Cruz. Yeah, so I lived with my mom and my dad um, over off of River Street on Potrero Street. They broke up when I was about six. Um, my mom became like really addicted to pills because she injured her back. So that's how her addiction kind of started. Um, and then my dad was also very abusive to my mom physically. So that was like my first memory, like my dad physically abusing my mom and me trying to protect her when I was like a very small child. When her parents uh, split, Scarlett stayed with her mom. Scarlett told me that her mom struggled with addiction. They moved around, eventually to a house on Button Street in Santa Cruz. Scarlett was 15. That's when I kind of started leaving home a lot because it was just kind of scary where I was. Like there was a lot of people over there, like scary guys and like people in my room and like just it was terrible over there. So I started leaving and like staying at friends' houses just because I didn't want to be there. And it started to get like really bad. So I was like, you know what? Like I'm leaving. Like I can't be here. There was like random people sleeping in my bed one day. And I was like, I can't be here anymore. Scarlett so I, stayed at a friend's house. She told me it wasn't ideal. It was just like kind of a mess over there because there was a lot of people staying there. It was like four of my other friends staying there that also had kind of broken homes. And his home life wasn't also the best. Like his mom was... I think also using and it was just kind of all over the place. There was like probably like six teenage kids sleeping on the ground. Um, so I would stay there and my mom was staying at different friends' houses, staying in cars, staying different places. Um, and I would kind of go visit her. Would you have considered yourself homeless at that time? I mean, I would because it was kind of like a messy situation and sometimes there was too many people there and I couldn't always stay there. So I would like put money together to rent a hotel room with friends if we couldn't stay there. Or I would see where my mom was staying and see if I could sleep on the ground where she was staying. So yeah, I would cons consider myself homeless then. Scarlett told me that she struggled with addiction as a teenager. She partied, took pills, and drank. Eventually, she ended up in a group home in Watsonville. She told me that one day she just came to a realization. She was about 19. Well, something in my head kind of clicked, and I stopped, like, using drugs and, like, decided that I didn't want to, like, go down the path that my mom and my dad went down. And I really wanted to, like, try my best. And I went back to high school, and I graduated on my own, and I, like decided to just kind of like do my best. And I had to live with like past boyfriends at their houses. And like, I kind of had to do that because I couldn't afford to like rent an actual place out. So that's how I got out of homelessness. But I think not being on drugs and not going down the wrong path and kind of just like having that click in my brain and doing the best that I could and get a job and like do all that stuff really helped me. So 
And then so once you decided things are going to change, can you tell me about those steps? Like how did things sort of fall into place? Um, So it was definitely like a slow process. First, it was like, all right, I'm going to stop like taking pills. I'm going to stop like drinking alcohol. I'm going to stop hanging out with that person because they keep stealing from me or like certain little things like that. It wasn't just all at once. I like got a job at a sandwich place and I was like, okay, this is a first step. I'm going to like work at this sandwich place like full time. So I can't go party all the time. But um, I think it was just like small little steps. And then I slowly realized like my ex-boyfriend like was kind of bad for me. And I dated a lot of guys that like were mentally abusive to me, never physically, but just like put me down a lot. And I kind of realized that like the reason I was with people like with people in general is because I wanted like that sense of like comfort and home. And like, I looked for that in a person rather than like a home. Cause I didn't have that and didn't have family. So I like looked for that in people and I was like, okay, I need to stop looking for that in people and try to find it for myself. And once I started like actually like doing things to help myself rather than looking for people to help me, that actually like really like played a good part in me stepping up and doing better in my life and like I know other homeless people probably have crazier stories than I do and like have dealt with so much because there's just like so much you have to do and so much you have to like hoops you have to jump through and I remember just like like staying with my mom in cars and like weird places after she got kicked out of the Button Street house um and yeah like going to churches to get food and like it's tough definitely being homeless especially growing up and like trying to like go to school at the same time and like your home life just being so messy that it's hard to like focus on school I remember getting like held back a lot in like elementary school just because I was like so focused on like am I going to be able to eat dinner tonight where am I going to be like so where did you go to middle school and high school um so I went to high school at um Ponderosa. It's like a alternative education in Ben Lomond. And then middle school, I went to SLV. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it. Um, what really helped you during that time from 15 to 19? Were there any like services or programs that you like really depended on that were very effective? Um, food stamps definitely helped like getting food, like my mom would just give me her food stamp card because it was for both of us to get food. So that helped a lot. But she also would sell her food stamps for like money for drugs. So that was like kind of tough when she would do that. And obviously that's not legal to do, but she would do that. So that was tough. Um, The churches definitely helped a lot just to get food, like even if it was just like a box of cornflakes or anything. So that helped a lot. Um, I definitely wish there was more help just because like I wish there was a way for like youth to get food stamps rather than their parents getting the food stamps because there's a lot of situations where the parents do sell the food stamps and then the kids like starving and they can't eat and they have to like go figure out if they can go to the church so I feel like it would be helpful because like I just remember it not being able to eat enough as a kid that was like one of the main things like and now I'm like very like I don't want to waste any food like I always eat like every last bite even if I'm full I'm like I can't waste it (laughs) so 
Were there any other, yeah, any other programs you wish you had um, when you were experiencing homelessness? Better, better like therapy and counseling because I remember when, because we had um, Medi-Cal, I'm still on Medi-Cal, but um, that insurance isn't really the best for like therapy and counseling and stuff. Like you can get a counselor, but they're not like that. They don't really know what they're talking about. At least they don't understand what I'm talking about, I guess I would say. I don't want to like put them down, but like it was hard to like talk to them because they would just be like, well, are your parents using drugs? Like they kind of wanted to just get to the bottom of like what illegal was happening instead of like, are you okay? Like what's happening? Like, and I feel like therapy would have really helped me because I think I wanted to like numb myself because I couldn't talk to anyone and I didn't have anyone to talk to. So I was like, okay, if I can't talk to anyone, I'm just going to numb myself with like alcohol and drugs and like not talk about it because I don't have anyone to talk to. So I asked Scarlett if a faster path to housing would have helped her and her mother. Other California counties have a shorter wait time for homeless people to get into housing. I think that it would at least help me. It might not help her because she was struggling with addiction a lot. Um, but I think it would help me like get through school and be able to graduate when I needed to graduate high school instead of like dropping out and then going back, which is fine. But like, I wish I could have graduated when I was supposed to. And it probably would have helped me like go to college when I wanted to go to college rather than trying to figure out where I'm going to sleep at night. So I think that would have really helped and that could help a lot of youth like get through that and go to school and like do what they want to do with their life instead of worrying about what they have to do to survive. So I think it would have just been nice to like have a place to stay, even if my mom was still struggling, like just like shelter, like that might have at least helped her with her addiction, you know, that we could like have a nice warm place to stay rather than being in a car with another drug addict to sleep somewhere. Like, I think that would help her and that would help me. So yeah, just having housing would be, would help the whole situation a lot more. Stay tuned for the next part of Santa Cruz Local's Solutions to Homelessness series. We'll look into programs that have shown promise at addressing homelessness in other parts of California. We have more stories in this series on our website. We answered readers' questions on how landlords can rent to people who are homeless in our county. We also published the initial results of our survey on Santa Cruz County residents' views on homelessness. We also published more stories of people who live outside. All those links are in our show notes. All of Santa Cruz Local's work is free. We're supported by our members. Our members donate starting at $9 a month or $99 a year. So much work goes into these episodes. To understand the complexity of people's stories, we gathered hours and hours of recorded interviews with people who live outside. To understand the themes, we sorted all those responses in a private database. This work takes time and money. 
We do this work because we love Santa Cruz County. Please support local journalism with a membership today. Go to santacruzlocal.org slash membership. The link is in our show notes. If you're on the Patreon app, you can also donate to us there. That link is also in our show notes. And to enter our contest to win free coffee at 11th hour in Santa Cruz, sign up for our free email newsletter. Our newsletter keeps you up to date on what's happening in local government. We also show you how to get involved. Sign up link is in our show notes. We'll draw a coffee winner on Wednesday, December 1st. Thank you to all our members. Thank you especially to our highest level members. Elizabeth and David Doolin, Fran Goodwin, Jim Weller, Deborah Seche, Chris Necklison, Patrick Riley, Cove Britton, Craig Rowell, and Corey Ray. Thanks to Trimpot for the music. Thank you also to Santa Cruz Local's Natalia Drescher for helping me report this episode. And much gratitude to the UC Santa Cruz Science Communication students. They also contributed reporting to this episode. I'm Kara Myberg Guzman. Thanks for listening to Santa Cruz Local.